Welcome to Life Concierge. Allow me to introduce you to people you can relate to, learn from, and connect with through conversations that are fun, but grounded in truth, growth, and perspective. I'm your host and concierge, Sarah Heider. Let's get started. Today on the podcast, we have my friend Carolina CPL. I'm lucky to have met Carolina competing in Miss Ohio together. Carolina's Instagram and blog, Carolina State of Mind, and that's Carolina with a K, is a space of mindful topics in fashion, beauty, and travel with a dash of social media trends. Carolina believes fashion allows a person to tell a story. When she's not brand consulting, styling, or blogging, Carolina spends her time traveling with her husband, Vince. As a creative with an eye for photography, she has expanded her content to include Instagrammable travel guides, which features attractions, hotels, restaurants, and hidden gems to destinations worldwide. You guys have to check those out. Carolina immigrated to the U.S. at the age of nine and is bilingual in Russian and English, and she currently resides in Cleveland, Ohio. Carolina and I had planned to focus our conversation mostly around fashion, but ended up getting deep into her story about immigrating as a child and how embracing both Russian and American cultures shaped her life. I hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you so much, Carolina, for agreeing to hop on the podcast with me. It's great to get to catch up with you a little bit. We've both been pretty busy the last few years uh, since we competed at Miss Ohio 2015 together. And I have to say, for me, that was my most fun year competing at Miss Ohio. I love the girls. Oh my gosh, the best. I know. To me, that year the camaraderie we had with our group just really defied any pageant stereotype about pageant girls not getting along or being catty. Um, We had so much fun and it was such a joy to get to know you. And part of getting to know you is watching you compete and also getting to spend some downtime with you. And so during that time, I got to hear a little bit about your backstory that is very unique. And so I would love to start off asking you to share a little bit about your background and where you got to where you are today. Yeah, sure. Well, first off, thanks for having me. Definitely excited to share a little bit more of my story. I feel like in this digital social media world, it's so easy to, um, you know, for people to not really get to know you um, in a very authentic way. So I'm really excited for this opportunity to share a little bit more about who I am, where I come from, agree that your Miss Ohio was the best one. And I will say it was honestly, actually, the toughest year competition wise, uh, because I feel like the year or two after that, that's when a lot of the really, really great competitors have aged out or, you know, have just kind of moved on with other opportunities. So yeah, I remember that was just quite an experience and I'm so glad that we got to do it together. It was a great year and it was awesome to watch you as Miss Ohio. Um, But a little bit about my background. So I immigrated here. um, Let's see, probably what's been like 16 years or so ago from Russia. So I am half Belarusian, half Russian. 
let's see, where does the story begin? My parents had an opportunity to come here for a better life. And I'm an only child. So they felt like, you know, this was post-Soviet Russia. The country was kind of in turmoil. Um, it was just a very difficult time for many of the Soviet countries. And they seized the opportunity, came here, chose Cleveland. And uh, I joined them about four and a half, five years later. They did that because uh, one, documents, um, very expensive. You, what happens a lot of times that I don't think people, many people realize is when you immigrate to America, um, you have to pay immigration lawyers and immigration lawyers are very, very pricey. So, um, on top of, you know, paying for your shelter and getting a car and learning English as you're trying to find work and working. So my parents came here with honestly, not a lot and worked, uh, each worked three jobs back to back, would sleep like two, three hours a night just to provide for themselves, to save money, to pay for the lawyer um, and get uh, documents as fast as they could so that they could bring me over. So definitely owe a lot to them for sacrificing the incredible careers and lives they had back in the motherland, um, also that I could have a better life here. And I came in late 2003. I was going on nine. And uh, yeah, it was an interesting time. It was so funny. I just had dinner with um, friends yesterday and they asked me, they said, why do you go by Carolina? You know, why do you, cause, because my real name technically is Carolina, Carolina. And I said, you know, when I came over, I honestly experienced so much discrimination and was bullied so much that I made it my whole mission to become as Americanized as I possibly could, which essentially meant, you know, I was going to be Carolina, not Carolina. Uh, I worked really, really hard to get rid of my accent as soon as possible um, once I did that and reached kind of like the high school years, I would actually hide the fact that I was from another country. And it wasn't until I probably got to college that I realized, wow, I get to be anyone I want to be. This is a fresh start. And it's actually really cool that I do come from another country. You know, it is part of me will always be part of my story. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the time when I started to embrace it more. And that's when I got involved with uh, more with Miss Ohio and really found a great platform to share that story. Um, so that's just, yeah, that's where I am, where I'm from and where Carolina originates. I had no idea that you were separated from your parents like that for so long, which is really interesting to hear because anyone who knows you knows how incredibly close you are to your parents. So I just can't even imagine what that must have been like. Yeah, you know, it's it's actually really it's a great question. So I think because I was so young, I didn't really process or understand what was happening because when they left I was you know like four or five and or yeah technically like four-ish so 
I was, I went in to Russia, moved from Belarus to Russia to live with my mom's side of the family. And yeah, it was difficult. I mean, this is before Skype, um, you know, or anything virtual like this, um, you would talk on the phone. And then the only way I would really see my parents is through pictures. Wow. So um, it, I think the really hard part, honestly, was more one from my parents. Like I can't, I am to this day, I try to ask them about like, what were those years like for you? And they still get a little bit emotional. And I don't think they're quite ready to share. Um, because I, you know, it, it is traumatic. And can you imagine leaving a toddler, like your only child and not getting to be part of a lot of milestones. Um, but I think for me, a very specific moment that I remember where it was like, it kind of hit me like, what is going on was right when I immigrated here. So my grandfather was like, do you see this, you know, manila envelope? I'm like, yes. He's like, this is your whole life. Okay. I'm going to put you on this plane. It's going to be in your backpack. No one can touch it. And if anyone touches it, you're going to be like lost. Okay. You're going to be in Madagascar. We're never going to see you again. That's it. So you're, you know, I'm coming over here by myself to meet my parents. I'm like eight and a half and I go from Moscow to Germany, from Germany to Detroit. And I remember I get to Detroit and I get an escort and she's walking me through and she, you know, I have, I don't understand English at all at this point. And she's like pointing to something that like folder and, you know, and then she like goes in my backpack, takes it out. And I just remember just my like heart sinking, thinking, Oh my God, grandpa said that my whole life is in this folder and she's taking it. And, you know, then I'm sitting in the immigration room and the officers are like ripping everything apart and stamping it. I'm like, Oh oh my gosh, I'm in Madagascar. Like I'm never going to see my parents again. What is going on? And after they process me, they take me out and I, ran to my mom because my mom had visited me twice during the separation, but my dad was so busy working and providing that I wasn't able to see him. And I remember I'm hugging my mom and this guy, AKA my dad is standing there with like smiley face balloons and a bouquet of roses. And he's like, you know, Carolina, he's like trying, like, he's so excited to see me. And I just back away and start crying because I've, I feel like, who are you? What a weirdo. What are these smiley face balloons? Like, I don't know who you are. Like, I don't recognize you. And for the first few months, I couldn't be in the same room as my dad alone. So I remember with the time change, I couldn't sleep the first few days. So I would just, you know, get up, put some clothes on, sit on the couch, wait for my parents to wake up for work. And um, I specifically remember a, a scene where he gets up early and he's like, oh, hi, you know, I didn't expect to see you here. And I just like my eyes get really wide and I just run into my bedroom because I got so scared. I'm like, this is a complete stranger. Now, obviously, like you said, I mean, I'm very close with my parents and we got past it. But I think really the transition is when um, I would just say the transition was like the traumatic kind of difficult stage uh for me personally um 
Which is really interesting because from a totally outside perspective, someone who's not experienced this, I think a lot of people might think that the journey of getting to the destination of where you are immigrating to, that that's where the struggles are, that that's the hardest part. And that once you arrive, that, you know, it's just this easy dream life, but there's not enough talk about or attention on the transition. And I know you've alluded to having some adversity that you faced in not feeling like you belonged with your peers when you started school. If you don't mind, tell us a little bit about what that was like. What were the challenges that you faced? Yeah, uh, you know, I just, I think as humans, we, when something is unknown, whether it's a feeling, an emotion, an experience, a person, an event, a thing, we tend to kind of shut down and have this defense mechanism where, you know, we start to like attack, uh, you know, you're nine years old, you're surrounded by second, third, fourth graders who also are kind of like, what is going on? Um, everyone speaks English. And then we have this one girl who, who doesn't, right? Like what is happening? So, you know, I definitely experienced a lot of um, discrimination, just, you know, being called names and people making fun of me for having to use a dictionary the first few years of school, um, for having an accent. Of course, you always hear the stereotypes, which I still hear today. I'm Russian, so I don't have to say them. I'm sure people can guess what I'm alluding to. Um, but it was difficult because, you know, you're just so excited to like start fresh and, and just to make friends and you can't really understand like what is happening. I also think because of the culture, the challenges, it was almost like I was realizing, okay, if I want to, if I am going to fit in, then I have to be, you know, a high performer. So I started to really take my studies really seriously. And, you know, I'd have to like, I remember I, the first year I was here, I made it to the spelling bee as an alternate. Okay. Okay. I'll admit, but still like how cool that I could barely really speak English and I made it. Um, so, you know, I really was like, okay, I'm going to have to fit in because I, I want to do really well and I want to be accepted. So I want to be a good student. Um, but a lot of the challenge also did come from my own community. Um, I think what uh, a lot of people don't realize is in the Slavic communities, you know, Serbian, Ukrainian, Russian, Polish, there's a huge emphasis placed on success. So when you hear someone from, you know, a Chinese, Japanese, or any kind of Asian culture say, oh, well, I can only be a doctor or a lawyer. Uh, it's kind of the same where I come from. And so I think I just not only immersed myself in my studies and having to, you know, constantly do more and achieve more and seize more opportunities. But also it kind of became like, okay, if I don't do this, then even my own people are going to think like that I don't belong. Right. So 
I think growing up having that mentality of, I have to be perfect. I have to keep achieving, um, was good and bad. Uh, one, it did teach me to, you know, perform at a higher level and to push myself to be driven, to have resilience, um, to find my passions, uh, you know, perform well, but it also actually led me as an adult to a very depressive state. Um, and it's something that I don't talk often about, uh, because also in my culture, depression doesn't exist, right? Like we don't have me mental illness. We don't talk about mental health. Oh, you're, you're feeling depressed. Well, okay, go sit by a sun lamp or go sit outside in the sun or, you know, pick it up and, and keep going, which I get because the country has experienced a lot of hardship and people just had to pick up the pieces and just keep going to provide for their families to survive. So I totally understand that, um, you know, that part of it, but I feel like as I got to college, I really started to crash um, because I reached a point where it was almost like my life became a checklist. Like I think some people, like even let's take Miss Ohio, for example, right? You know, to some people it's like, wow, I'm gonna go, you know, I'm gonna win this local, then I'm gonna go to Miss Ohio, I'm gonna prepare. It's gonna be so exciting. Um, wow, what an opportunity, what an experience. What am I gonna learn? Oh, it, you know, didn't win, no worries, I'm gonna come back. Here are the changes I'm gonna make. For me, it was like, well, of course I got that scholarship. Of course I won that local. Like, of course I'm at Miss Ohio. Or of course I, you know, got into this club. Or of course I'm on this, you know, venture capital team or whatever it might be in college. Or of course I got that grade. Or of course I got that award. So instead of celebrating and really allowing to, allowing myself to, understand the gravity of the accomplishments I was achieving. It just became like, Oh, check. Like, of course, like check next, next, what's more. And it just drove me to a point of um, just a very low point where I just felt like a failure, honestly. And it was my senior year of college. And I switched majors really late in my collegiate career. So I realized, shoot, I'm going to have an extra semester, which means, you know, I'm not going to be graduating with my friends. And how am I going to pay for this? And, you know, I'm not going to know anyone. It was just like a very difficult time. And um, it was also my last year competing at Miss Ohio and throughout the whole year, all I remember telling, I had a, a mentor and at the time, and I just remember telling her like, I can't do this. Like I have to quit. Like you don't understand you. I put on this really happy, positive, smiley, goofy face and you know, everything seems perfect, but on the inside, I mean, I am. I'm like slowly dying. I really cannot do this. I have to quit. And, you know, I'm sure you've heard this many times through your pageant career. It's like 
but think about the opportunity, right? Like there's another girl out there that could have had your, like that would want your spot or could have had your spot. And, you know, you take away from that. So I was, you know, it's, again, it's this, I want to fit in. I don't want to disappoint kind of mentality. So you're like, okay, that's fine. You're right. You know what? I'll pick, like, I'll push through, I'll compete again. I'll make it through. And honestly, I'm glad I did. It was still a fun year. I made great friends, but it was so difficult. Mm -hmm. I just remember after night one of competition, I called my mom and said, I can't do this. Like I, I literally need to go home. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I just think as anyone looks back on their journey, um, through, you know, immigration or even through any hardships that they may have had, um, any adversity they may have faced. It's, I, it's just important to give yourself grace during a, t a difficult time like that. Um, I think what really helped me was one, I was strong enough because of my upbringing to one, recognize my feelings. And instead of allow those negative feelings to have control over me, to realize, okay, yes, this is how I'm feeling. This is what I'm going through. It's not normal, but I can take necessary steps to get better, mm -hmm. right? I can overcome this. Um, I can do this. I think too, surrounding yourself with incredible people. Um, I, during that time was in such a destructive path where in college, you know, the people I was surrounding myself with didn't have my best interests at heart. And when they say like, you are the company you keep, they, <laughs> I truly understand that definition now because those people were almost like enabling that negative behavior instead of saying, Hey, are you okay? You know, what can I do to help? Um, so I think just really finding people that are going to have your back so that for me, I feel like that whole experience brought me much closer to my parents and uh, obviously to Vince. Uh, so here we are married <laughs> in that moment. That's when I realized this guy's oh, one in a million. I can't believe that, you know, he's here in the darkest moment of my life so far. And, and he's, he's not abandoning me. Wow. Like this guy's a keeper. Um, you know, I had professors, I had obviously girlfriends that were there for me. So just really surrounding yourself with, again, people that are going to have your back. Um, and also giving yourself grace and realizing that it's okay to leave some people behind, mm -hmm. right? That you don't have to bring every person you've ever met from every stage of your life onto the next chapter. You know, God put certain people in your life for specific reasons, whether it's long-term, short-term, uh, certain experiences, right? Like I feel like 
going through that last year of Miss Ohio may have been difficult. And maybe I wasn't the kind of, you know, I probably, well, I shouldn't say probably, let's be honest. I didn't put in the kind of passion and effort I may have the two years prior, but that's okay because I still had purpose. Like I found something that was getting me out of bed every day and holding me accountable and making me feel like, you know, yes, life stinks right now. You feel depressed and it's okay because there's so many other things to look forward to. And there's so many people that want to see your face and see your smile and hear from you and hear your jokes and, you know, whatever it might be and believe in you. So just really realizing that it's okay to leave people behind. It's okay to leave, walk away from something, take all the time you need, get better because I'm telling you, I'm on the other side of this monster and I've never felt happier. I've never felt more confident in who I am. And I just feel so strong and honestly, even comfortable to share something like this, because I do think a lot of people, there's a lot of people that are struggling um, and a lot of people that seem like they have it all together they're happy, their life is perfect, everything's going their way, but it's not, right? So yeah, I just feel like living that double life was the biggest adversity of of my life so far, really. Um, And I think pageants kind of played a role in it too, right? You know, it's, you have to be perfect. Just like I keep saying in the Slavic culture, you have to be perfect. And here you have to be perfect. Um, You can't have red solo cups in any of your photos, right? So even though you're having a college experience or, oh, God forbid, there's, you know, anything like that happening or, oh, you have to have the perfect hair, the perfect look, the perfect clothes. You have to act like, oh, you're perfect when you're in appearances and, it just, when you're in that state of mind, it can really drive you crazy and it oh, can, definitely. you know, push you over the edge and you think, but I'm not perfect. Like I actually, you know, like I won this title because something was different about me because I had a quirk. So having the, having the depression paired with, you know, all these different things happening during that time really made me realize I have to stop living two separate lives Mm -hmm. and it's okay to be myself and to be this quirky kind of person. And, um, you know, and I think that will lead into this next topic of kind of branding yourself and where I am today and why I feel comfortable in my own skin, because I finally stopped caring what people thought of me, I stopped living my life like it was a checklist and just started to live. Mm, I love that. I especially love what you say about giving yourself grace. I have recently, I think, 
just now started to be able to give myself grace. Um, I've always been able to move on from what maybe I consider failures and, and keep going. But did I actually like forgive myself? Did I actually um, give myself that grace and not be so hard on myself? And that is so hard in the pageant world and so hard when no one in the pageant world is giving you grace. In the pageant world, you are totally expected to be this completely perfect, squeaky clean, never offend anyone sort of person. And so it's it's hard to give yourself grace when you don't feel like anyone else is giving you grace. So how can you give yourself forgiveness? Right. And one thing that I always wish that I had done more of, I did some, but... I just wish I would have done more of during my year as Miss Ohio is just being a better self-advocate. But I think a lot of it comes from, like you said, you hear all the time about how many girls would, you know, what girls would give up to be in your shoes. Who doesn't want to be Miss Ohio? These girls would give anything to be you. And it kind of gets in your brain and then you think you have to say yes to everything. And the next thing you know, your calendar is just insane. You're far overextending yourself and maybe you're not even being your best self all the time because of it. Um, But that's one thing I think that has changed in the Miss America program is I think people are starting to be much better self-advocates and not expecting also so much of these candidates and of these title holders and kind of getting rid of that squeaky clean, perfect, I've never made a mistake, uh, perfect image, I think is kind of going away as well because people want to see real people. They want people to be vulnerable and relatable. Um, and I think that's maybe even a positive actually of social media. These girls are now sort of forced to be themselves all the time. They can't make such a separation between pageant life and their personal life. And that goes for outside of the pageant world too. I think so much of our professional life and our personal life is blended now. It's all all kind of just one. And now we just all have to have more grace around each other, more understanding of each other, and just let each other be our authentic selves. And, you know, the biggest piece of advice I ever received was actually from Sarah Clapper, who is another Miss Ohio. And uh, she won my last year. And her and I are dear friends. I remember after that year, and uh, it was like 2018, um, I had just gotten engaged and her and I were going to a fashion show. I was kind of like slowly starting to come out of my very, very deep hole and, you know, be on the mend. And she said, Hey, are you going to compete again? Like you're, you're always so close. Like you can do it. Like just do it one more year. You know, they always say that one more year, one more year. Um, and I said, I don't know, you know, I'm engaged now. I kind of want to get married, like all these different things. And I remember Sarah turned around, looked at me and said, you know, Carolina, when you reach a point where you no longer need Miss Ohio, Miss Ohio needs you. That is either the perfect time to win or that's the perfect time to walk away and I, it has stuck with me for years. And it's a, it's a message that I even share with some of my friends now that are younger and competing that, you know, 
you shouldn't do things just for the glory, right? Um, it's okay to, to have that be part of the reason, of course, like we're humans, we're, we're selfish, let's be honest. But it's also important to realize when something has outlived itself or outserved you. And if you don't feel like, if you feel like you're putting in way more of your energy and giving way more of yourself to something, then it's, you know, then the positive that's coming back on you to you, then it's time to say goodbye and move on. So I just thought that was such great advice. And it's something that I think a lot about daily, honestly, as I go through life, like if this isn't serving me in a positive kind of way, then why am I even giving it my energy, right? Like life is too short. Mm-hmm. I completely agree with that sentiment. I think as I'm getting older, um, I realize even more and more how important timing is and how timing really is part of luck. And I feel really lucky that when I was competing my last year in Miss Ohio, that it really was just the right time for me. I was in kind of a transitional stage from grad school to career. And I also, I knew how badly I wanted to be Miss Ohio because I knew how it would help me and I knew that it had been my childhood dream. But at that time, I also had come to a point in my life where I knew how badly Miss Ohio needed me and I knew what I had to offer the organization. Oh, yeah. And I think it's important to note, too, that as someone who was once a little girl watching Miss Ohio out in the audience, that... I admired those girls who were competing, no matter how they placed or if they won Miss Ohio, those top five girls and girls who weren't finalists, I admired them so much. And I still admire so many of them. And many of the women who did not win Miss Ohio are now people that I get to do some pretty incredible things in the community with. So I think that it's important, like you said, to focus so much more on the journey and what you are bringing to yourself and to your community and the people that you're meeting and less on the accomplishment and the checklist, like you said earlier. I completely agree with that. Um, And just making yourself the best and the happiest that you can be along the way. And you know what? I mean, I didn't win Miss Ohio, but I walked away with over $22,000 in scholarship. I mean, that's crazy, right? That is insane. They paid for two and a half years of college for me. So the scholarship, the opportunities, the people I met along the way, the friends I now have, the confidence. I mean, when you are a perfectionist and you're type A, I actually like to call us as outgoing introverts because we are social butterflies. We can talk to anyone. We can get along with anyone, but we really like our alone time very much. And also after we give so much of our energy socially, we then feel so fatigued, Mm -hmm. right? And we need some time to recoup and kind of get back on our feet. So for me, I just feel like going through that experience. Gosh, I had some awesome opportunities after that. You know, I, I got to go and intern in Hollywood. I wouldn't have been able to get that if I didn't learn the interview and social skills and didn't open up and didn't learn how to 
be the one to seize an opportunity or be the first to shake someone's hand versus wait for someone to come to me. You know, my first job out of college, I mean, the handling even an interview like that, I felt comfortable sitting in a room with five strangers and commanding that room all because again of Miss Ohio. So, you know, to anyone that's listening, no matter the competition that you're in, whether it's a pageant, I don't know, a marathon, Mm -hmm. I'm not an athlete. I'm not going to (laughs) name other things, but uh, you know, the only thing I'm really good at is like eating pizza and (laughs) eating pizza, but uh, you know, but don't make it all about winning that first place trophy because you will truly walk away as a winner, whether you do get that trophy or not, when you've learned and picked up on all of these different skills that are going to serve you throughout your, the rest of your life and everything you're going to learn along the way, it'll make you 10 times a better person than when you start it. So, you know, any journey that you're on sees every little opportunity, every moment, live, be present, live in that moment. And I really think that you're going to look back and feel more of a winner that way saying, you know, having felt like, okay, I really gave it my all. And there are so many things that I learned along the way versus, oh, well, I just got this. That's yeah. Well, thank you, Carolina, so much for sharing so much inspiration with us today and inviting us on sort of a a self-evaluation and look back on your past and your experiences and how that molded you and changed you and what you've learned from that and looking at that and how you'll use everything you've learned in the moment and from looking back to create the best possible future for yourself as you see fit. So I look forward to watching that all unfold and everyone can find Carolina at Carolina State of Mind. That's K-A-R-O-L-I-N-A-S-T-A-T-E-O-F-M-I-N-D on Instagram or carolinastateofmind.com. And again, that's Carolina with a K. Thanks again, Carolina. We look forward to having you on another episode where we can actually maybe get to talking about fashion, but I loved our conversation today. Yes. Thanks for having me. This was fun. Thank you for listening to Life Concierge Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. It really helps and you won't miss an episode when you subscribe. Catch all the latest from Life Concierge Podcast and follow at Life Concierge Podcast on Instagram. You can also visit the website lifeconciergepodcast.com to learn more, leave a note, or recommend a topic or guest for an upcoming episode. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.